Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to another edition of the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. We've been up this week. We've got USC Spring. The spring game is coming up uh, this weekend. We had an extra practice, and there's some breaking news. We got the, uh, the breaking news thing. Yeah. Sorry, a little slow on the dial there. Uh, breaking news that USC has once again hired Cliff Kingsbury, this time as a senior offensive analyst. We're going to talk all about that. With my partner, my pal, right over there sitting next to me, Chris Trevino. He is here in studio, and we are live on our YouTube simulcast. If you're watching us there, thank you very much. We appreciate that. You can put all your comments in the chat, and I'll do my best to get to all of those. And if you're listening on any of the podcasting platforms, that's awesome, too. And we'll you know send in your voicemails, emails, all that stuff, and we'll try to get to everything you really want to talk about, uh, of course. And our buddy Steve is in the chat right now. If you are watching live on YouTube, First of all, thank you. Second of all, smash that like button. You know, like the uh, like the video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're cl- creeping up there. I think we're getting close to seventeen thousand uh, subscribers on our YouTube channel. So over at Inside Troy, so appreciate you uh, watching over there, and it helps to grow the show. Of course, also helps when you uh, any of the podcasting platforms that you're listening to the show on. If you can leave us a five star rating and review, if that's possible there. Like and subscribe wherever you want to do it. On the Apple Podcasting app, it says follow us, which is always great to do. So if you follow us over there, um, yeah, it's nice. It helps the little algorithm to kind of grow the show and get out there. Uh, I don't think we have any new, let me check real quick, any new reviews. But yeah, get over there, uh, the Apple Podcasting app. If you have it on your iPhone or whatever, if you can leave us a five-star review, that is always uh, very appreciated. And you can, you know, take little shots at us. Uh, you can say something about the Composite Two Star, which is a very popular podcast on our platform. And if you have any podcast uh, questions, you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com. Let us know which show your questions for, or you can call or text us at 424-254-9141. Whew, long intro there, Chris. Yeah, I should have just left and came <laughs> back. Got a bagel or something. You could you could bring me treats, right? Oh wait, do I have uh You said you put oh, wait, it hold in. on. I'm a little disappointed. There's no treat. We got a drop. Uh, West Texas Mike sent a whole bunch of drops. So I got to go through a bunch of them, but we we were we were playing some, and Chris laughed at that one, so I brought that one up there. Uh, no treats today. You can bring treats too if you want. Sure. Although your girlfriend did give me a sprinkles cupcake. So yeah, that's not a euphemism. That's an actual thing that happened. <laughs> I before you had the intro, and I forgot what I was going to say. You moved the podcast because we were going on Thursday. Yes. Then you moved it to Tuesday, and you didn't tell me why you wanted to move to Tuesday. And then all of a sudden, Lincoln Riley 
hires Cliff Kingsbury on Monday. So yeah. my question is, what do you what did you know, Ryan Abraham? I, I get some some info. I thought we need to move up the podcast okay. a little bit. Um, now I had some crap going on later in the week, so I'm going to <laughs> should have uh, just left it with the first thing. Yeah, a little info on the Cliff Kingsbury information. Yeah, so the whole point of today's show was going to be we were going to talk about this open practice, which we're going to talk about. Uh, but then we get the Cliff Kingsbury news. We're going to get to all that before we do. I just want to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. Make sure you go over to TraderJoe's.com. Uh, it, you know, before you go shopping, it's a great, great little tool. They have, actually have a fun uh, podcast. They're really short. They're under half an hour. Um, over there on the on the show, I mean, on the uh, website right now, a lot of vegan stuff like the buffalo style chickenless wings. Not necessarily my thing, but I whenever I've tried this stuff, it's pretty good. Um, so if you want to go check those out, there's some ve- um, different vegan recipes on there. There's also the everything ham and cheese roll-ups. I was looking at that. It looks pretty good. I like all the stuff because it's very, if you go over to some of their um, recipes on the site, Chris, it's uh, it's not like long prep. It's not like a five-hour deal or whatever. So it's kind of cool. You use some of the different ingredients. You can get over at Trader Joe's and make something fun. So I like following recipes. I like follow, you know following directions, basically, You know, just my engineering brain. So when someone tells me, here's what you buy, put this together, and it, and it works, I like when you do that. So have you ever done one of those Blue Apron boxes? I've done those before, That yeah. sounds like your steez. Well, you're, you're right up your alley. It's kind of like for dummies, right? Because you're not measuring anything. It's like everything comes. Uh, they were actually, I think Blue Apron was like a really old sponsor on the podcast from way back in the day. What? Yeah. So we they sent me some Blue Apron stuff way back in the day. But like for the Trader Joe stuff, I like because you can go in there. It's not like pre-made. I mean, you can buy pre-made stuff, but it's just a little bit more work. You like the little extra work. If you're chopping up your own, and you would do some of the stuff with Blue Apron. I think you would like chop up some veggies. But they gave you like if you needed one shallot, they gave you one shallot. Like the box had everything you need exact. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, we got to get to some of the breaking news stuff with uh, Cliff Kingsbury getting. Uh, so there looks like a lot of people in the chat. Um, thank you. Uh, for coming in there Uh, if you have a question in the chat so if you're there we appreciate it Uh, while i'm producing and hosting the show i kind of look at the chat what's going on there i will star anything you put question on and we'll get back to it later because we do have some questions we have a voicemail and stuff to get to um so we'll do all that so if you're in there that's great in the chat if i see something funny just having to catch it i'll put it up on the screen um but yeah can we do a poll in the chat Oh, what kind of poll do you want? I just want to know if they're going to the sprint game or not. Oh, are you going? I just want want to do a simple poll if they're going to the spring game or not. And we'll check it by the time we start talking about the spring game because we have a lot of things to get to before we get to the spring game, which is like the last thing on our agenda for this week, which is a pretty busy week. Ah. There's uh, three practices, one of which we covered. Yeah. And there's a spring game on Saturday. And then Cliff Kingsbury is official. Part of the football staff, senior offensive analyst. So busy let us, week. Let us know in the chat if you're uh, if you're going to the spring game. We got uh, looks like 122 people already in the chat, so that's pretty oh. good. Not bad for an off day that we weren't really going to do. Your boy Moneybag Mansford's back. Okay, you I got to do the ching. I got it. Oh, hold on. Where's the ching? Uh, yeah. Sorry, Moneybags. He did, he's he's new around here. He I'm new. I don't do this stuff. He doesn't know what we got. Do. So okay. If you give us a donation, we have to put your comment up on the screen, like kind of right away. Uh, he says, how do you navigate the relationship with other beat writers covering USC football? Is there a sense of camaraderie or is it more of a cutthroat atmosphere? Do you it's not, take a, it it's not a cutthroat 
uh, atmosphere. And Ryan is friends with everyone at all times. He brings everyone. Not cookies. quite everyone, but, <laughs> but most. Most. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's not cutthroat, and it's not like super friendly. It's just like right in the middle. Like, you talk to beat writers during practice. You yeah. Know, when... We were able to watch practice all the time. You know, you would form into little clusters and just like shoot the shit with people next to you yeah. during mainly during special teams port portion of practice because no one was really paying attention during special teams, <laughs> which, as we know, was a large part of uh, Clay Helton practice. But yeah, but you just chill, you know, talk, point out observations, talk about you know what do you think about this player, or just talk about anything random like. I talked to like Antonio Morales of the Athletic. We talk about movies all the time. Like, oh, what'd you see? So, yeah, yeah, it's a friendly uh, relationship with uh, reporters. Yeah, I mean, it's still a competitive atmosphere because you're, you know, competing for stories, um, scoops, you know, scoops, all that kind of stuff. So, but there's, yeah, most people know each other, and it's mostly friendly. I would say um, it gets a little when there's a bunch of TV cameras in there, like then, and it's kind of that gets a little. Uh, Ryan cutthroat. hates TV camera reporters. I don't like hate TV camera reporters, but they can kind of get out of the way. They kind of got to take some liberties, and it's like, so sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta stay your ground. I would say uh, most of the time there, uh, but yeah, for the most part, everyone uh, gets along. It's a lot of fun, uh, and it was nice on Monday to actually get that feeling of watching practice and making comments to. Other people that cover the team, and you're like, whoa, look at that, or we haven't seen that before, you know, that kind of stuff. But even when we're watching, and now we can't watch practice normally, like Chris is really good. Make sure you check out the ghost notes. Uh, Chris's ghost notes from yesterday are epic. Uh, we had a really good instant analysis with RJ Abadia. Um, so RJ did a really nice job filling in there because Chris had to go right away and, and write up the Cliff Kingsbury stuff and then the ghost notes. Um, but look at his ghost notes and you could go and watch practice and certainly look at the notes that he has and go, I would never would have seen all those things. So there is a, um, I mean, it's talent, like there's work involved when you're doing that. So you can talk, but you're also trying to figure out what's going on. And if you see something that's definitely out of the ordinary, it's not something that you would tell uh, a, you know, one of your competitors, you know, there might be, Chris might come over to me or I might go over to Chris and like, Hey, did you see this? Or he's like, Hey, did you see this? Like, Oh, and take a note. Um, so we kind of lose a little bit of that not being able to watch most of practice anymore. Um, so, but it was fun to kind of do that again on Monday. That's why I don't talk to people, because if I talk, if I'm talking, I'm not observing. So I let Ryan do all the talking. Yeah. Uh, nice. Oh man, we got another. We got another donation. You got another dono. Uh, Talini. Talini. Um, Tyrone Talini donated to. Uh, I don't think it's Tyrone, but uh, what will the format be for the spring game? I, I so we're like starting off with questions. Yeah. Well, I, if it's a like, dono, I have to I have to do it. <laughs> I have to do it if it's a dono. Before we get into this is like the appetizer for Cliff Kingsbury. The last year because they were so limited on bodies, they just like split them up into two teams. Yeah. This year it's going to be offense versus defense. They have enough depth, so it's going to be strictly offense versus defense and there will be like a point system, scoring system. I believe Lincoln Riley talked about that on uh, Trojans Live. Yeah. So it'll be straight offense versus defense. I thought they did that last year too, no? No, they split the two. They split them up into like quarter. each side got a quarterback, okay. defensive players, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I, be yeah. I believe they, it was like first team offense, second team, first team offense, second team defense, first team defense, second team offense kind of deal. Yeah, but you're going to get a, a half of football. Um, so they'll do some other stuff. Uh, it didn't sound like it was going to be extremely long. 
Um, but a half of live football. So I think that'll be good to kind of see. Um, yeah, because I think last year, uh, what was it? I think it was like uh, Miller Moss's. Miller Moss. And so I think it was Caleb Williams. And who was the quarterback that went along with Caleb? And then it was Miller Moss. And I think he got Mohassan. And Mohassan got hurt. Got hurt. And it was like basically Miller Moss and like kind of a backup offensive line. It was sort of like ugly by the end. He just never got a break, and because uh, the other quarterback was was hurt. So um, yeah, that was. Uh, th- so this will be a little just first offense defense, and you know I kind of like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we need to jump into Cliff. We got to jump into the uh, breaking news. Really thought that the big news was like that we found out Sunday night that we were going to go watch a full practice on Monday. Um, we get out of there, like getting ready to do stuff. And then it's like, burp, 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 burp. oh, Cliff Kingsbury is coming back. So if you remember in 2018, uh, Clay Elton, do you remember him? Uh, he hired Cliff Kingsbury to be the offensive coordinator. So a lot of pressure was on uh, Clay Elton. There's a lot of people wanted, they needed to make a big move. Uh, they go out and get Cliff Kingsbury was a big move. He ends up um, leaving uh, for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Last are what, four years and and gets fired. But he had been fired from Texas Tech. USC hires him. He leaves. Then he gets fired by the Cardinals uh, a few years later. But now he's back, uh, senior offensive analyst. Um, I know Bruce Feldman and ESPN, Pete Thamel, they're reporting stuff about him helping out with the quarterbacks and uh, game planning and things like that. But Cliff Kingsbury, uh, back on the staff, Chris. Any thoughts? A couple thoughts. Okay. Number one, I saw a lot of people like – Twitter reporters going like, oh, he's going to be the new QB coach. No, he is not the QB coach. There's a big difference from being the quarterback's coach to working with the quarterbacks. He is not an assistant. He is not taking up one of those 10 10 assistant spots. That is not what's happening. He is a senior offensive analyst. He's going to be helping with game planning, working with the quarterbacks in the film room, talking with Lincoln Riley, watching film with him, giving his opinion. That's what a senior offensive analyst does much like Greg Brown as a senior defensive analyst. They just give their insights. You know, they offer another opinion, another look. Hey, what if we do this? Game planning, stuff like that. So he's not a full-time assistant. He's a senior offensive analyst. I just want to make that clear. The other point that I want to make before I get into my thoughts is that I just want to give us a little credit, Ryan, because we did mention this in the war room exactly one month uh, ago. Was from, it one month ago? Yeah, from – we reported in our Monday our our March 10th war room uh was one about one. Cliff Kingsbury that was our lead and April 10th you know ESPN breaks it that he's joining the staff but we wrote about how Cliff Kingsbury was seen in a USC meeting you know there was a little bit of interest there was talks i had heard that you know he was going to possibly join as a offensive analyst we couldn't quite confirm like what was actually going on but we knew that he was around the program was he just stopping by to like you know get a refresher you know just pick the mind of Lincoln Riley two offensive quarterback guys just you know just hanging out you know picking each other's brains or was it something more like hey why don't you you know come join the staff let's just be an analyst you know he lives as a house I believe in Redondo or Manhattan Beach or somewhere he has somewhere in LA somewhere close by here yeah, yeah. he he lives in uh he has a house here in LA you know. He obviously got fired from the Cardinals. They're paying. He has a fat buyout or contract, whatever. So he's not worried about money. You know, that's not the issue for him. Maybe he just wants to he just wants to be back in football. 
And, you know, he there was speculation that he was going to take time away from football. You know, he was at in Thailand taking a vacation. But there was reports that it came up that he was, you know, interested. I believe he was like interested in like openings with the Ravens and Houston. So it seemed like he wasn't ready to take that long of a break from football, still wanted to be in football. So that all lines up, aligns itself for USC. So I just wanted to give us a little credit because we did yeah. report this in the war room. Hold on. I think I have some. Self-applause. Sorry. We, we reported that, you know, this is a thing. This is a thing that could happen in a month later. Uh, but credit to ESPN. You know, they reported the official news first, but just want to give us a little credit. But overall thoughts, you know, this is a big, big addition. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, Lincoln Riley, that quarterback room is insane in terms of knowledge and just just yeah. a rundown of the list that these guys have worked with. You know, obviously Caleb Williams both work with Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. They both work with Kyler Murray. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, coach Patrick Mahomes while he was at Texas Tech, and uh, Johnny Manziel. He was his quarterback coach and offensive coordinator at Texas A&M when he won the Heisman, and then Jalen Hurts. You know, when Lincoln Riley was at Oklahoma. All those guys, except for Hertz, were first-round picks. Four of those guys were uh, Heisman winners. Caleb Williams is the only one who, outside of Hertz, is not a first-round pick because he's still in college and he is projected to go number, <laughs> number one. one right now. So, and it's like four of the last nine Heisman's were coached by these two guys or whatever, right? Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's I think Bruce tweeted that. Or something yeah, it's like just it. ridiculous the amount of quarterbacks that they've coached. And even like a guy like Case Keenum, who, you know, isn't that elite level, but was a really, really good quarterback in college. So an incredible roster of quarterback knowledge in that room now. And, you know, to be a fly on that wall when they're just like watching film or in that room is just uh, ridiculous. So it's a big thing. And when you're a elite level head coach, like a Lincoln Riley, you know, you can get guys like this on your staff as offensive analysts. We've seen Nick Saban do it time and time again. It's even like a running joke. It's called the the Nick Saban Rehabilitation Program. Like, this is what he does. He brings in, you know, former hotshot OCs or former hotshot assistants or former Head NFL coaches. coaches that are fired and need, you know, some time to, to get, get back on their feet. And he hires them as analysts. You know, the list for him doing that is really long. Steve Sarkeesian, uh, Lake Lane Kiffin, not Lake McCree, Lane Kiffin, I believe Butch Jones, uh, DJ Jerkin, uh, Doug Maroney, Bill O'Brien. It, it, the list goes on and on of, you know, former head coaches, former hot assistants that, you know, had some takes, had some of their shine taken off, come back to Nick Saban, and they were able to bounce back and go on to do, uh, you know, be better than what they were, you know, so for Cliff Kingsbury to come back and you know want to work with Lincoln Riley and want to learn from him says a lot about Lincoln Riley and where the program is now getting these guys to come and be on your staff is is like incredible yeah no i i agree with you 100% and uh, i know there's some there's some negativity with some of the question, and I I don't get where some of this comes from. Oh, I wanna, negativity. I want to put one of these up here, like uh, Fat Bank. Uh, I wouldn't be touting Johnny Football or Kyler Murray as exceptional quarterbacks. Like Heisman Trophy winning first round draft pick, number one overall 
draft pick. Um, I mean, I'm not talking about what they did in the NFL. I mean, I mean, how do you say like these guys were phenomenal college quarterbacks? Like they were ridiculously good. And you know, Kyler Murray's had some amazing. Yeah, I mean, your number one overall pick. Like that's what you're talking. You're they've coached these guys and they've had a lot of success. Now you can argue, well, this guy, you know, wasn't a great NFL guy or whatever. Well, I mean, it's pretty, you know, Kyler Murray's a starting NFL quarterback. Just to do that, it's fine. Not the number one overall pick and everything. Johnny Football, yeah, de- definitely was not an NFL guy, but he still won the Heisman. He still beat Alabama. You know, I mean, you saw what he could do. So um, Anyone who's been a college football fan like the last 10 years knows about Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Know how, like, electric he was. Again, we know he flamed out in the NFL. We know he had, you know, off-the-field problems, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a literal Heisman winner. Yeah, and Kyler Murray was one of the most electric players. Even even he though he is. he still is, you know, he is an electric <laughs> player in the NFL. Still, I mean, Arizona is like a dumpster fire in terms of their yeah. organization, and you know, just a toxic mess. That's like not on him. I mean, was Cliff Kingsbury a good NFL head coach? He had moments, but like you know, I don't think he was. Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't like he was uh, Bill Belichick or anything. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of hot shot new coaches, and he wasn't you know one of them. I think he made the playoffs once or whatever, but it was just an interesting move by Arizona in general when they hired him because he was he was you know, he flamed out <laughs> at Texas Tech. Yeah, and then he got hired. USC offensive coordinator was like the perfect perfect role for him. Exactly, but, the, but Arizona was like. We got to get them. Let's get so, and you can't turn down that money if they're giving you that. So no, and that was the thing where like it was just because he was associated with a hot shot college offense, and that's all that anyone cared about. Young, hot shot offense. We get Sean McVay in a different way, so we'll take a failed college head coach because he's got a great offense, and we'll make it work. You can say that he's not been a good head coach. Like he had problems at Texas Tech. He certainly you know flamed out in the NFL. After a while, but you can't argue that he's not a great offensive mind, that he's really good with quarterbacks. Like that's what he's brought on for. So you could be a great assistant or do it. You do your job really well. And a lot of times you get promoted and you could you're the best defensive coordinator out there. You like Brett Venables. Now he's the head coach at Oklahoma. He might be really good. He might not. It's like, doesn't mean that you're a great, you know, just because you're a great assistant doesn't mean you're a great head coach. The NFL move, like Chris said, was a little bit weird because, he didn't work as a head coach, but they hired him just because they wanted that. They want some fun college offense and uh, and be innovative and all of that. So, but if you're his agent, you're like, take this, take this job, <laughs> zillion percent. If you're like, he's getting like nine million dollars a year, like still, like that's why USC can hire him because he's still getting paid by the Cardinals, and he still have that always that meme war room picture of his mansion in Arizona. <laughs> oh my god, he yeah, the Ryan Gosling lookalike stuff. But anyway, he's back. Uh, which is great. We had another uh, another donation, Trojan alum. Oh. Uh, what ten is this, bucks. A composite two star show. I, yeah, th- you guys don't have here? to do this, but I guess if you want to interrupt our show, we will definitely put it up on the screen if you give we us. We will money. read anything on that screen <laughs> for money. For money. Uh, do you think there might be a high profile addition to the defensive coaching side of the ball? I mean, I well, uh, Gerard did say on the composite a couple weeks ago that he anticipated more analysts now i'm not sure if he was strictly just referring to cliff but he made it sound like there might be another one i don't know if that's a defensive analyst we'll have to see there was a big name that was floating out there earlier uh with 
I mean, Gary Patterson, we were, but that was just like That's early talks. It wasn't yeah. like anything serious. There was some talks about that, but as of right now, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure about any like uh, Cliff Kingsbury level analysts for the defense. Uh, you know, Patterson obviously would be on that level, but I don't think that's going to happen. And again, but, that was just something we heard in passing. But they already they've already got um uh they already hired a good, you know, someone with a long track record. Now not like no, a they want a friend. sexy name. You want a sexy name. They want okay. a sexy name. All right. But they're they're definitely doing it. Um I'll, I'll put Fat Bank uh I think up again. He says Lincoln Riley has already coached Heisman winning quarterbacks. Kingsbury is not a better offensive coach than Riley. I, I don't think he is, but it helps. I mean, it's just another set of eyes. I think when um, Riley talked about that, when you're adding people to the staff as as analysts, it's just someone that's overseeing sort of everything or one, whatever it is, you have another set of eyes. And this guy was a former NFL head coach, like not that long ago. He was a college NFL, I mean, it was a college head coach, um, you know, very successful offensive coordinator, successful offensive mind. He's in those meetings and... You know, if, if Lincoln Riley thinks he can help, I I don't disagree. I'm not saying that Kingsbury is better than Riley, but we're not saying that. No, but you just someone else that's really good. You know, if if you're like, I think it's pretty clear that Lincoln Riley is a better regarded coach. Yes, because he has winning records at places he's been. You know, yeah, Kingsbury has struggled with his his coaching record. Like, just look at the records as a head coach. They're widely different. There's a huge gap. I'm not saying Cliff Kingsbury isn't a talented coach. He he's proven to be coaching and win a Heisman. He's won Heisman's before with with players, and he's developed good quarterback talent. Yeah, and he's struggled with being a head coach. And you know, for him, you know, he can come in and and learn something from Lincoln Riley, put the ego aside and learn something for whatever his next step is. Whether that's going back to the NFL, he wants to be a head coach at a, a zone college program, whatever that may be. You know, he's here to to learn from Lincoln Riley and offer things that he knows and maybe stuff that he got in the NFL when he was there as well. So I think it's a, a win-win for both. And just having someone of that caliber like Cliff Kingsbury in that room, you know, that might help Lincoln Riley put some more effort into the defense. Yeah. You know, if you have a guy you can trust to be in there, you know, you know, he can like, okay, you know, the game planning, you know, I can put a little bit more on Cliff's plate to help with that. And I can take a little more time to work on the defense. So. You know, just th- I, I would think about it like that. Yeah. Uh, Paul says uh, both these coaches are branches of the Mike Leach tree. think that they will represent uh, very well and bring some good twists in the offense. Yeah. I mean, I. it's sort of like you got a Michelin star chef and you like, oh, this this other Michelin star chef is like lost his job or he, he's going on a little sabbatical. Hey, come on to the kitchen and help me out a little bit or check. Oh, you, you, maybe try this with this. It's like, what you know, how's it you know, if. And if Lincoln Riley doesn't like it, if he's like, get this guy out of here, you just fire him. You know, there's no, there's no big deal. You're not paying the guy a lot of money. So I don't, I don't see, it just seems like you got a lot of, you know, like the whole point when USC hired Lincoln Riley, USC became nationally relevant again. You win 11 games, you win a Heisman. The things that keep you in the national spotlight are things like this. You hired Cliff Kingsbury, you know, it's like everyone's talking about it's, it's, you know, spring game time or whatever. That's what people are talking about. If you're talking about college football, you're talking about Cliff Kingsbury coming to USC. So uh, I don't see any real downside for this. I think it's a good move. Um, and yes, it would be good to see some some moves on the uh, 
defensive side as well. And just to say something that Lincoln Riley has said in the past when it comes to offense, like the way you stay ahead of defenses is to keep evolving, to keep pushing, to keep learning. And Cliff Kingsbury can help push, can help evolve, can help see things different. Like if you're not changing anything, you're not looking at things differently or trying to look at things differently, your offense is going to stagnate as defenses catch up. So you have to keep pushing it a little further. So I think that's another another thing you can look at with this with this move is someone that can help maybe push the offense further. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I like like a guy like Greg Brown when Lincoln Riley hired him said there's just, you know, he's overseeing sort of everything. Um, you know, it's this more vision of what's going on, can give feedback to the coaches, you know, put his own insight there. And if they hire another uh, high profile defensive analyst to, to come in and help, that's even better. So, but yeah, this is, these are all good things. Like you want, this is how you're building like a program for uh, the long, the long haul. Like Cliff Kingsbury's not going to be around forever, but you get him for a while while he's sort of on his time off. You know, it's like that time between jobs. He's still getting paid a crap ton of money from, uh, you know, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I'm just going to go to LA and hang out with Lincoln Riley and, you know, basically put my name, I'm going to associate my name with another Heisman winner and Caleb Williams. <laughs> and like, I don't, uh, I don't get have to do the pressure of uh, being the head coach. I don't have to answer the media with wins and losses. I don't yeah. have to like do all those things. I get to chill, just be in the do what I do what I love to do. You know, be in a film room and break down football and talk with quarterbacks. You know, yeah, that's at the core of what it is. And he doesn't have to do all. He doesn't have to go recruit. You know, he doesn't have to do all that stuff. He just gets to collect a fat check from the Cardinals, <laughs> live in Manhattan <laughs> Beach, commute to lovely Southern California, USC, and just you know. Have fun in college, in the college game again. And Roger says, Kingsbury coached Patrick Mahomes in college. Check those games out. Cliff could bring five five point oh five more points per game average. I don't know about that. That's a lot. But he certainly could help, you know. Um, but certainly, yes, having a Patrick Mahomes in college was pretty good. And the, guy, that, I mean, the guy Caleb Williams is compared to a lot by NFL right. uh, analysts these days. Uh, that was cool. Let's uh, kind of move on, and I want to talk about the open practice that we had uh, on Monday. So a week, I guess, a week and a half ago, uh, Lincoln Riley, we got word on Thursday that practice was canceled, so we get to go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Well, we can go Tuesday, Thursday. They practice Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. We don't go Saturday. We hear from Lincoln Riley on Zoom afterwards. Normally, we would be able to interview players and coaches after the Thursday practice, but we got kind of last-minute word that it was canceled. Lincoln Riley had since said it was because you know there were some some injuries there, and there were some position groups that weren't going to really be able to kind of bring it to practice. So instead of just having a half-ass half-ass practice, I guess um, they were going to cancel it and uh, reschedule for a future date. It could have been last week or this week. We didn't hear about it last week. And we heard Sunday night that it was going to be on Monday. It wasn't, I thought it was shells, but it wasn't shells. It was really just sort of like some spiders. Spiders. Like it's not like quite pads, but you know, whatever. It's, it's no pads essentially. Yeah. It's just like a, not foam, but it's like a hard, it's like that thing you put on the back of your seat. Uh, just like an extra firm yeah. uh, cover or something, but in a shape of a shoulder. A shoulder pads. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so it was a lighter practice. There was really almost no run game. Uh, I don't think I saw any run plays, to be honest. Um, and, you know, no live tackling or anything. But we did get to watch the entire thing. So it was nice to sort of see, uh, you know, guys that maybe we've seen in the Pac-12, uh, like Christian Rolla Wallace or, uh, 
Keon Bars or like to see them in like Cardinal and Gold uniforms, to see Dorian Singer catching a pass in a more competitive period uh, from, you know, Miller Moss or whatever. Uh, that was kind of cool because we haven't been able to see that before. We just watched kind of the stretching in the individual periods. We can't talk about uh, formations. Lining up. Yeah, line up, whatever they're doing, the, the depth chart, anything like that from what we saw. But we were allowed to talk about like kind of performances and things. And it was, to me, it was really cool to see, you know, some of these guys out there. And I, you know, I kind of reiterated like an Anthony Lucas, when you see him sort of like, you know, holding his helmet next to on his hip with his like blonde hair, you know, st standing next to Sean Nua or just, you know, chatting about the play when he's not in. And, you know, I'll reiterate just like he, you look at the dude and be like, if you didn't know anything about football, you're like, that guy's probably good. Like, just if you had to pick someone, he's probably really good, right? Um, so it's just kind of cool to see something like that and see some of the competitors and hearing some of the chirping, hearing like Mario Williams complain to uh, Max Williams that he's being held on the play or being held multiple times. Those things we just you just miss when we don't get to watch practice. So I thought it was really, it was a cool thing. We didn't talk to anybody after practice. We will be able to talk to people today uh, on Tuesday and on Thursday, but I thought it was great to be able to get out there. And RJ kind of RJ and I kind of broke it down a little bit. But I wanted to get your thoughts, Chris, because I didn't really get to talk to you after what you saw in practice. For sure. And I made a note of this in my ghost notes because a lot of people were really excited for those ghost notes because it's the first full practice that we've gotten to see under Lincoln Riley. And I made a note like, yes, it's probably not full pads. It wasn't full pads. It probably is more like walkthrough-ish because of that. Yes, that's true. But for, like, the last year, we've seen the same, like, 15 to 20 minutes of practice. It's like I've been – to use a cookie analogy for you, Ryan. It's like I've been cooking with the same three ingredients for a year. Lima beans, stale bread, and potatoes. And, yes, it wasn't a steak that they gave us, but it was like a piece of chicken. And that's something different, and that's something new. I could do a lot of things with a piece of chicken. So it was a great piece of chicken – Got to see a lot of things. Got to see new drills. It was very weird in that time after, before they usually kick us out. It was like we were like in no man's land. We didn't know really know what to expect. You know, it was a standard practice. You know, they did seven on seven. They did a lot, little bit more one-on-one uh, -on -one instruction or, excuse me, individual instruction. They had some special teams. They, did, they ended with 11 on 11, which by the sound of it after practice, that's usually what they end with. We, we can see that. So... You know, it was nice to see just guys moving out there, guys doing extra work. I think Jack Sullivan really stood out to me. Mason Cobb also really stood out to me. Sierra Wright had a really nice practice from what I saw. You know, you've heard Lincoln Riley talk about how you can see the confidence building in him, and he's elevated his game to another level. I saw that watching him play. You know, had really a couple really nice pass breakups, you know, good, good battling with Brendan Rice, who is a bigger receiver, but he was hanging – with him, you know, he's definitely looks like he's taking the next step. And then highlight play was a Miller Moss deep bomb to Dorian Singer for 40 yards in the 11 on 11 uh, best play. And, you know, we've heard every player and coach talk about how Dorian Singer has an amazing catch radius. If it's in his area, he's coming down with it. And he he showed that uh, with that play. So just something that we expect to see from Saturdays out of Dorian Singer and what we've seen, you know, uh, last season in Arizona. But. Seeing on the practice field was pretty cool. It was. Uh, yeah, just, I'm like, 
Number 15. He's going to be really good. You remember, you know, uh, USC has some good number 15s, but uh, I think he's going to be really good. He could be a number one option for uh, Caleb Williams going for him. He just, you know, he was second lean receiver in the Pac-12 for a reason. So now he's wearing USC. All the Arizona guys I thought are going to be really good. Like, if I'm a Wildcat fan, I'm going to look at this USC team and be like, does Dorian Singer lead the team in receptions? Like, is Christian Roller Wallace their best corner? Uh, is Keon Bars their best defensive lineman? Like, all those guys could be the best in their positions, right? I mean, and three starters. Yeah. Because, like, Singer look, looks like a starter. Keon Bars looks like he's operating as the the number one nose tackle, nose guard. Uh, and, you know, while Christian Roller Wallace has to catch up to that, but he was also injured for the first yeah. half of spring camps. But... Very he looks much Jack, though. He's huge. Yeah, first, <laughs> uh, at least uh, early rotation player. And obviously, a guy who started for three years. Yeah. So you could say he's the best looking corner, right? Could you say that? Or I would say he's the the buffest corner. Yeah. I will say <laughs> I, I'm not gonna challenge him in a like a snatch bench or anything like that. That's how big his arms are, and I'm gonna post the video of it he, today when he's walking out. And he wears like. He cuts the sle- or whatever. He had the sleeves up for the. Sure. If I had arms like that, I would. Right. And you're like, it just made his arms look bigger. If I had arms like that, I wouldn't wear. I wouldn't own any shirts with sleeves. I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah. We did have a, a comment. Um, the Wheeler Dealer. Is there any video for practice? So we weren't allowed to shoot video. We could shoot the the parts we could normally shoot, which is stretching essentially. So we've we put up videos of that. You kind of get tired of it because it's really the same stuff. And uh, there weren't any pads. So it's like. Yeah. Um, so but might, there is no video of like team stuff or seven on seven. Yeah, they don't let us do any of that. Um, but it was fine. It was good. It was mostly what they said was like kind of for our own benefit, which I think makes sense going into the spring game when you can watch everything. But you you know it helps you. The more you observe, that helps you ask better questions and things like that. Um, it's pretty cool. And I am very appreciative of Lincoln Riley and USC for making that happen, letting us right letting us do that. It was it was nice and it was, valuable. It was cool. Like. Even see like to have me, Chris, and Keeley kind of standing next to each other, watching practice on the sideline, chatting. It's been a while since we were able to do that, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, one of the cooler things uh, that came out uh, this was last week, and Chris and I did an instant analysis of it. Uh, Sean knew. Uh, I'm going to put a picture of. Um, it, it was funny to see him yesterday. So they were the defensive linemen were doing these sled drills. Um, where like three different pads on a big sled and you would push the sled and they had like some student manager like standing on it. Anyone who's played football knows this where you have your position coach like yelling at you. Why should you move that sled with two other teammates? Yeah. So they're pushing, you're pushing the sled and uh, there was like an assistant kind of on the side that would like when they pushed it too far, the little student manager would get off and I'm just a little, he was just not a big guy. Um, As big as me. And they would twist the the sled around and then three other guys would come out and push it the other way. After a little while, the little guy got off and Sean Nua got on and Chris was like, Whoa, okay. That, that changed the whole, that changed the whole drill. We have Sean Nua. Sit yeah. On that's your sled. The first part with the little guy was the warm up, And then uh, <laughs> Sean Nua is like, yeah, if you don't, if, if you don't build strength after doing that for a whole camp, I don't know what to tell you. Pushing Sean Nua around on a sled. Yeah. That doesn't look fun. That's and, how, that's how you make a, a strong, that's how you make a strong boy in the yeah. trenches, push Sean Newell on the sled. And then we got to talk to him uh, last week, and we haven't done a, we, this was, we talked to him after we did our podcast last week, so I wanted to bring this up because he had Thursday. a great, he had a great line um, that, you know, we were, I think we were talking about Keon Bars because Bars uh, ended up speaking uh, to the media on Thursday, 
And then you you remembered the the great quote from Sean Newell. I'll let you go with it. Ryan's been obsessed with his quote since I told it on Instant Analysis. I was laughing. But, but Sean Newell was just asked about, you know, getting a big body defensive tackle like Keon Bars. And if you look at Keon Bars, he's like a very different looking body than most guys on the roster, you know, six foot three, 290 pounds, 300 pounds. But that was the question he was asked. And he kind of like was starting his question. And then he kind of just like stopped himself. He's like, big people beat up little people. And <laughs> yes, that is football. And he was at, at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate him looking at me when he said, uh, little people, when he really emphasized that, but that is, uh, what, Football is at its core, big people beating up little people. And he did add, you know, the big people still got to be quick. So there's still an emphasis on speed. But yeah, uh, big people beat up little people. It's, uh, we, we need that, uh, we need that sound bite. Yeah. Oh, West but, Texas Trojan. Yeah. Oh, you want to cut that? Oh, wait, from the video. I can, yeah, we, I can cut it from the video. Set him the video. We need that. We need that quote. Big yeah. people beat up little people. West Texas Trojan for sure. Got to go get that one. Um, I think. And some people want to know, like, hey, what was your takeaway? What we heard from Lincoln Riley, I think, and RJ expressed this during instant analysis too, we hear what's going on in practice from, you know, we hear from sources, but also from, you know, Lincoln Riley or Alex Grinch or whoever it is. And I think what we saw sort of went along with a lot of what they had said. Like if if they were saying, you know, it was really competitive and sometimes the offense wins and sometimes the defense wins, which is something they've said. And all it looked like is the offense just bowled them over. They'd be like, eh, I don't know if that's really true, but we only saw one practice. But we did see that. There's sort of like the back and forth with the defense. And I think overall, like Chris mentions Jack Sullivan, or we talked already about Anthony Lucas, or you're talking about uh, like, hey, Solo, you know, Solo, you know, looks like he's going to, you know, be a big contributor of what's going on. Or Keon Bars, like there are a lot of names, uh, you know, uh, Mason Cobb, I, I just have a feeling he's going to be a, just a machine out there. You know, it's like, you don't, you're not the leading tech. Like they had, or I mean, Oklahoma State had a really good defense for a couple of years. And, you know, he was a big part of that. I think you're going to see a bunch of new faces making huge contributions on the defensive side of the ball. And it's tough to replace like a Tule to Pelotu, but there's just a lot more dudes that maybe some of the guys that were on the team, like a solo or whatever, are, are stepping up their game and making bigger contributions, you know, like a Sierra, right. You know, like a Damani Jackson, who's coming off of injury and he can be a big contributor, but the new guys too. So if you want some optimism about the defense, it just seems like there's going to be a lot more guys out there that are, that are going to be contributing and, and helping. So, you know, it's like taking what the coaches, you're taking what the, the word of the coaches, I think what we saw yesterday sort of went along with what they've been saying. Sure. I think, especially when it comes to the defense because there's been a lot of uh not excitement but there's been optimism for the defense in terms of them moving in the right direction more depth more bodies more competition and yeah i think we saw some of that you know you saw sia Wright look like a better player you saw jack sullivan be a guy yesterday you saw mason cobb be a guy yesterday so I think we saw the defense get in the face of the quarterbacks during that team 11-11. Yeah. Now, you know, we're we're watching from behind a group of guys sort of so it's like we see bits and pieces and all that. So you don't you don't have the uh the advantage of looking and and you know, the linemen are can't grab onto anything really, you know, because they're not hitting pads or anything. So it's more in favor of the defense, but 
the defense was creating pressure. So you like to see that. Again, someone asked me, seeing what you saw, are you more excited? As a USC fan, should you be more excited about the defense? I wouldn't say full-on excited. I see. I feel like you should be more optimistic. Yes. Get a, get another Jack Sullivan. Get another Keon Bars out of the transfer portal, which opens on Saturday, by the way. Yeah. Then I think you can be more excited. Yeah. Get 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 some more front guys. Then you can be more excited. Yeah. But you can be optimistic. You can be positively optimistic. That's the same thing. You can be optimistic about what based on what I saw. Yeah, and I, we're always trying to, I mean, I know we're not trying to be sunshine pumpers. We're going to say everything's great when we don't think it is. If we think something sucks, we're going to say it sucks. If we think it's good, say it's good, whatever, you know, all that stuff. We, I think we were telling you straight for the last several years about the way the direction was going, didn't like it. And then when they hire Riley, like the direction it's going. I feel like there is good reason to be optimistic that the defense is going to be, you know, better than it was last year. So I think the how much better is the the question it can be significantly better. And if it is, then you're talking about winning the conference. And if you're not significantly better, I don't I don't know what the harder schedule if you're going to be able to do that. So I see the the pieces there that you could put together a much better defense than last year. Um, you know what we it. can be sunshine pumpers about, though? What? Punts. <laughs> <laughs> the punts were booming. On Howard Jones Field. I think we need like a disclaimer because there's people, it's just like, it's sort of like if you mentioned Clay Helton, like people kind of jump into their shell. If you start talking about booming punts in practice, people just like curl up in a ball in the fetal position and, and cry themselves to sleep. I will stake my reputation <laughs> on any Chaplitsky. You put that in the Chaplitsky. I did. I did put that. I will stake my reputation. He was a, I mean, to be fair, he was a, what, all Pac-12 punter last year, right, or whatever. So it makes it easier for me to stake yeah. my reputation on But when you saw him punt, it just looks like it comes off his foot different than the other dudes that had punted. And you're like, that's okay. And then he'd hit it, and you're like, oh, okay. He's Again, you look at that like, okay, he's good at that, whatever that – I don't know what that's called, the thing where you kick, <laughs> but he's good at that. Like, yes, it's spiraling. It's, you know, going to – you know, it's going deep. It's so, like every other punter, punter, it was like this. But when he was like – yeah. There's a notable true. difference when the ball came off his foot. If you ever go to like a golf tournament, like if you watch your buddies like hit a, a you know a seven iron and it just like it makes this weird sort of sound, and if, then you go to like Riviera and you're you're up close and you hear Tiger Woods like just the sound that that makes when he just compresses the ball and just like it just sounds different when a pro does it and it when it Sapolsky uh, punts it sounds different than what some of the other guys did. There's a difference in sound with like the better athletes, like even yeah. with a pitcher catching the ball when the ball's sizzling and hitting yeah. that that glove that or pop in the catcher's yeah, mitt. That pop, same thing with this. The pop is different when he's putting the ball. So yeah. he he even shanked one. We will say he shanked one, and it's even that one, went, even that one was like further than a lot of the guys. Yeah, uh, the other guys. So. Yeah, so some Guy's optimistic got on uh, op- optimism on the punt side too. Which no, you, you can be excited for the punts. All right, I'll, I'll go full excitement for the punts. Uh, your boy Manford is back. Nine ninety nine. Oh my god! Yeah, do the ching. Oh yeah, Ryan, come okay, on where's now. Where's the ching? Okay, thanks. Money bags. Thanks, Manford. Money bags. Uh, do you observe? Uh, did you observe Tackett Rambo Curtis play during practice? And do you think he lives up to the hype surrounding him? I think. It's tough because the hype for Tackett Rambo Curtis is just like uh, immensely high. To to live up to the hype that has 
the legend that is built around him, like everyone's like, give him the 55 this year. He would have to be like uh, All-American, like consensus freshman, all yeah. not just freshman All-American, but like consensus All-American. That's the type of uh, hype level. But I do think Tackett is going to play a lot this year. I do think, I don't know when that's going to be, if that's going to be early or it's going to be something that gradually comes on. I think he's going to have impact. But I didn't really notice him a lot. Yeah. But again, it's not a run thing. You know, it was all run. It was all passing. So it's not it's not full pads. So he's not doing what his specialty is, which is like knocking people over. <laughs> and it's not like full go, obviously. It's not like full, like, you're not trying to get hurt out there because not full pads. You're just kind of like running with the – you're just like doing coverages and stuff like that. So it wasn't really a scene – it wasn't really a environment that was kind of tailored to a linebacker, you know? Yeah. Especially like a young, especially a young linebacker because I, I know Mason Cobb was all over the field. But, yeah, I think he was just being asked to do different things in this case. A lot of coverages or moving around. Not it's It's not like he was – you know, headhunting on the run game. He's not doing that. It was just like passing, you know, seven on seven is not really for the linebackers. You know, they drop back, they, they look around. Right. What's going passes on? Passes are going down the field. It's like, you know, it's it, it wasn't a practice tailor to to appreciate what Tackett can, Tackett can do. You'll see more of that on the spring game. That'll be when you can really see Tackett for, for what Tackett is or and get excited about it and see what he can do. I'm excited for that too, just because if you look at him, he's not like a physically imposing. He's not like this massive human being, right? Like he's not for a freshman. He right, is right. Big. He's big for a freshman, but he's not like he's you know he's not as big as like Mason Cobb or somebody or you know like. Um, so you want to see him in action because you know what he can do when he's flying around the football field. So you just you can't look at it when he's like you know trying to cover a running back out of the backfield and be like, wow, that guy's gonna be amazing. So I think Saturday we'll get a better, you know, kind of view of that. I'm sure he's going to be <laughs> flying around. So watch for number 25. It should be fun. Do we have an update on how many people are going? Or oh yeah, there, oh yeah. Official. I don't poll know if people maybe? have been saying that. I don't, we didn't really do a poll. Um, do you get people to do a poll? Can we do that? I thought you could. Uh, let me see. And how many people are watching? Uh, we got. 326 people watching. What? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> don't call I don't, the Jetters. I don't. I'm not calling the Jetters because someone got mad last time. I know. Uh, we really appreciate you spending uh, time. You know, people on their lunch break. It's a, a 12 o'clock show, so on their lunch break there. Um, speaking of break, why don't we take a quick break, and we'll come back and uh, answer your questions. Back in a minute. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Were you shocked that there was that many people in the... Yeah, I thought you were going to say like 150. Yeah. Well, I think uh, Cliff Kingsbury Well, news. yeah, I think the... Open practice... It's the I guess Tuesday's better than Thursday. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. There was breaking news. I think the breaking news kind of stuff. Uh now I'm embarrassed. Now I'm like now I'm nervous. You're nervous? Last week we had like 80 people. <laughs> yeah. Uh can we can we have a uh email and I don't I didn't write down who it's from, so my apologies. But can your team provide an update on on the status of Romello Height? There's been no mention of him. Leading up or during spring practice. Thanks. Uh, he still looks good coming up the tunnel. Right? He still looks like... Yeah, he's... He's the first guy off the bus, dude. You know, he's coming off the shoulder injury. He's been at practice. He has participated in individual drills. Again, he's coming off surgery. He's coming off a tough injury, which is the, you know, the... the what's sub, subluxation or what... Whatever your the thing is where your elbow or your shoulder keeps popping out and you need yeah. surgery to fix it, that's you know tricky. They don't want to overdo it, so they're being cautious with him. But he's been getting some work this spring. Yeah, that's as most I can really say. Right, we're not allowed to talk about uh, like injuries or things like that. So, um, but he is out there. He has, you know, it's to the point where I've requested to talk to him because if he's doing practice, you can talk to them. So. Joshua Shaw says he works graveyard, and uh, Blackie Chan said uh, he's at work but just watching us. So that's good. I hope, I hope it's not a job that needs his attention. Uh, yeah, the Wheeler he's Dealer like says a, he's like an EMT. Any word on Zion Branch? Uh, is he still recovering? Yeah, again, same same boat. You know, he's uh, coming off a serious surgery. You know, knee surgery. So. Being cautious with him as, you know, it's spring, it's not fall. You don't really need to, like, go all out in that sense. So bringing him along slowly. All the guys really coming off surgeries like that are being they, – they do they do practice. They do practice and, you know, but it's it, it's just being cautious about them when it comes to stuff like, like full contact and stuff like that. Yeah, but they're both out there. So, you know, taking, taking it day by day, yep. getting back to full health to trust the shoulder – Trust the knee, but Zion has looked good. You know, he does all the individual drills and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good to see him out there. Um, I think he's excited to be out there, too. Let's do a voicemail. Hey, Ryan, it's Curtis. I'm glad to see that Sierra Wright is proving the doubters wrong. All the experts basically had other people starting at cornerback until Lincoln Riley told us how good Sierra Wright is doing. And the way I feel about it, Sierra is going to be able to space jam the receivers off the line of scrimmage and cover them well. And he's also grownish enough to stay with any receiver, whoever they are. And if you know about his second job, you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> Curtis from Moreno Valley. Yes, Curtis. Uh, Sierra, right? The actor. In oh, Space Jam and the show Gronish. So yeah. for the for the uh play on words from Curtis, if you don't nice. understand. 
Uh, yeah, no, it was. It's good to see him out there. And I think if you remember, was it last spring where we heard from like kind of Dante Williams and and the quote was something along the lines of like he needs to decide what's you know important or something like. Do you remember that where Dante Williams kind of mentioned that and. It, you kind of felt like, well, is it because the acting thing was going on and he's not putting the time into football? But I, I don't know. After that quote, it just seemed everything sort of changed a little bit. Do you remember that one? I do. I mean, I don't remember the exact wording. Perhaps it was a little bit out of context for what it was taken because I believe Dante clarified his statement later on. Yeah. Later on. So, I mean, I have to go back and I don't want to like misquote it or anything, but there, there, it was just an interesting quote about Sierra and, you know, balancing both football and acting. Yeah. And I will say I was one person who did not have Sierra as a starter in my projection. So I a crow on that, but you know, Sierra has been, <laughs> Sierra is a talented player. I mean, he was a top hundred prospect. I think people forget that because of, you know, space jam and LeBron James, right, and yeah. that thing. He was a top 100 prospect. He was a really good quarterback coming out of Loyola, and he just had to. And he was a track guy too, I believe. So a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of uh, things you liked. So, but just had to, you know, put it all together. And you know, he was a what seventeen year old kid doing, you know, kind of like a full time acting kind of deal. Yeah, and being a Division one athlete at USC and in college coursework. So it's a lot to handle, and I can I can see why it you know, take some adjusting to get to, to find the balance and all that. But here he is, you know, redshirt sophomore year, whatever the case, you know, he broke through as a starter last year. Game started to slow down for him. That was his, you know, quote from him from this past interviews that really started to slow down at the end of the season and early in camp. So he's definitely finding that groove and I think we're going to see a big, another big season from him. You know, he to to build off what he did last year, starting nine games, and heck, he could he right now he's trending towards being a starter once again in twenty twenty three. Yeah, Samiz put in there in the chat something along the lines of Sierra is the only thing holding Sierra back. And that's what I remember something about that. So, um, but yeah, thank you uh, for that one. We got a text uh, from Casey in Apple Valley. Uh, do you know if they're doing autograph signings at the spring game? And also, uh, Chris, you owe me a cupcake since you were late to the bake-off. People don't forget. <sighs> I was late to the bake-off. You didn't show up till later, so I don't know. I don't was know. Was there you, a uh, set time? Well, I mean, you, you were late. Oh, okay. I would say I would say you were late. Yeah, late to my win. How about that? <laughs> I was trying to give you the uh, enough time to feel good about yourself before the uh, nice. You had to hold that L for you but sure i'll get you a cupcake next uh get together we do for yeah we gotta game. we gotta do a get together in like summer at least one so. tailgate this year for well i meant during a, ge- a game but sure yeah that could work also yeah but what was the first part of that question oh crap uh it was oh, oh they autographs. autograph signings yeah i have no idea they have not, not announced sure that they haven't i don't think they are because I feel like that's something you would have announced going into it. Someone asked also asked me about if they're doing a surplus sale, which again, I don't think so. But again, it's kind of early in the week, but I feel like you would have like already announced that a little bit to you know to get people excited and fired up about it. So as of right now, I I don't have official answers for you, but 
I feel like it would have been announced by now. So I'm going to say no. Uh, all right. We got stool posters been in the chat and he brought this up before I started, but he just brought it up again. So I'll put it up now. Uh, why didn't they hire Jim Leonard and why does he still not have a job? Um, yeah, that's interesting. So he was on, he could have been the next head coach at Wisconsin, right? Great defensive coordinator. Um, they didn't go with him. Who did they hire at Wisconsin? What was the, the guy from, uh, I'm blanking. The USC was Cincinnati. Oh, oh, um, yeah. Okay. Fickle. Yeah. Uh, Luke Fickle. Fickle. Okay. So, but Leonard, I believe wasn't retained and I don't think he's uh, working right now. I mean, that's someone that Lincoln Riley could bring in as an analyst if he's not going to end up working as a defensive coordinator. He was definitely one of the better defensive coordinators in the country. USC didn't hire him because Lincoln Riley wanted to keep the staff together. I don't think he would be opposed to bringing him in if he's going to be some sort of analyst role, unless they had you know some issue that we don't know about or whatever. But um, yeah, like if if he ended up firing Alex Grinch, I think Jim Letter would be someone he would have looked at. But um, yeah, I don't know why he doesn't have a job. Do you know anything about it? I or? don't know why he doesn't have a job. I think there was like some NFL interests, but that didn't really plan out. And as your question, like why not hire him? Look, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know the thinking of Lincoln Riley when it comes to Jim Leonard and hiring Jim Leonard as an analyst. Yeah. But wouldn't that just create more drama around the situation of Alex Wrench and the defensive coordinator position? Because then he's really looking over his shoulder oh. the entire season, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know if you want to create that kind of pressure. Look, if you're a fan, you're like, yes, do it. I understand you would want that, but what if what it was it say about me if like uh, Ryan hired a hotshot uh, podcast co-host mm. to be a, to be a consultant on this thing? And I, <laughs> I constantly like you see like he's sitting right there. What, what does that say? If I have to constantly like worry was, about that. It was like when uh, Clay Helton was at the Coliseum. The USC was playing Utah, and Fox uh, Fox was there. And you had Reggie Bush and Matt Liner, but you also had Urban Meyer there. Urban like Meyer, everybody yeah. wanted Urban Meyer to be the head coach, and like so literally, about that, look, like every game day, he was looking over his shoulder. Yeah, it'd be something like that. Uh, we did have a comment about um, so Fatima, Jim Leonard was up for the Philadelphia Eagles job. I read somewhere that he will undergo hip surgery and is taking the year off of coaching. So he could like something like that. I'm not going to coach, but would you want to come and be an analyst and like you know rehab your hip in Southern California? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. The timing is also interesting. Just being a year off, people think about the pressure being on for Alex Grinch. Is this the last go around? Yeah. For this for this tandem. I don't know. It, it's just it's just interesting, and you know, timing wise, I know a lot of fans are like, "Zit, yeah, he's taking a year off." And we got a comment in there that says like he's getting one and a half million dollars to take the year off. So, but like as an analyst you know, what does he get? 50 K or hundred K or something like he's still going to make his money just like Cliff Kingsbury. Like that's uh, not, you know, it's it's not in, infringing on his ability to make money. You just come in if he wants to do it, you know, it'd be mm -hmm. something like that would be, uh, um, it would be kind of cool to see. Let's pull up question. Uh, do you think uh, Cliff Kingsbury is Lincoln Riley's exit plan? I don't get the feeling he'll be our head coach for long. I'll be looking to leave for the NFL on the first thing smoking. Um, I don't get the impression that Lincoln Riley is looking to leave for the NFL. I don't think it's an exit plan. 
Uh, I think Kingsbury's going to do something. I don't think he's going to be the head coach at USC, but I don't know. Any thoughts? In what way is it an exit plan? I guess it would be you're hiring a replacement. Is he saying, hey. It's like the coach in waiting or something. It's like, hey, come be an analyst, and then you can be the head coach. Yeah, I, th- that? I think that's the um, insinuation, which I, I mean, don't. I don't think that's the case. Sure. I don't. I, I know Gerard is very. Uh, is bullish the word? Maybe that's not the right word, but Gerard is bullish or thinks, you know, Lincoln Riley's not here for long. And he's kind of mentioned that with like Dylan Raiola and like recruiting a more pocket passer than dual threat guy, which is, you know, guys you've won the Heisman with. You know, Caleb Williams, Kyler Murray, yeah. Jalen Hurts, you know, didn't win the Heisman, but, you know, up there. And opposed to going after a more pocket kind of guy, which is more so the model of the NFL. Like, is it to show that you can do this with an NFL prototype kind of guy? That's like a long plan. That Yeah, I know. <laughs> that That's Gerard and his long plan conspiracies yeah but, but that would be like five years from now if you were doing that yeah like, so because like, it's I, yeah it's, it's a 2024 it's, quarterback who'd have to like prove himself in college like you're talking about 2027 by the time that would someone would go oh he won with that guy yeah so i don't think that's a yeah immediate thing it's kind of like that and that's kind of what his thinking is so all right blackie chan uh said how much do you think we will see of caleb uh in the spring game let me pull this one up Probably not a ton. Probably not a ton. You know, it seemed like they wanted to, in terms of practice yesterday, like the whole team part was mainly Malachi Nelson and Miller Moss. Mm. So I think... Are we allowed to say that? Yeah, why not? Okay. I mean, what... You don't it, was, to, it was. We didn't see a whole lot of Caleb yesterday when the team stuff. Yeah, happened. I mean, why, why would you? I mean, to get the young guys some reps, which yeah. I feel like tells me, like, you know, he's a Heisman winner. He doesn't really need to be out there. Too much, you know, maybe a couple couple series and then, you know, let the young guys have some fun, throw around, build some chemistry, do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mike uh, says, is the spring game on Pac-12 Network? Yes. Yes, it is. So uh, Yogi come Roth to the will... game and don't try to find it. <laughs> Yogi Roth will be on the call. As he was out of practice, I think, last week. Um, Andrew says, do you think that um, – this, uh, so he's talking about Cliff Kingsbury. Does he stick this time, or do you believe it pulls another 180 on us? No, I don't think he'll pull a 180. Yeah, I don't like, think I don't think he's like the Broncos are hiring or something. I don't. I don't think he's gonna like bolt for the NFL. I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah. this is just you know he's coming as an analyst. He's working for a real head coach. Like he's working with the Heisman Trophy winner. Like if someone, if the NFL offered him a head coaching job tomorrow, then yeah. But like, I don't think that's going to happen. That's not going to happen. And he just went through the ringer with, you know, just the pressure and just like, look at the photos. He looks run down. Yeah. From the the end of the the Arizona tenure. He needs a break. Yeah. He just wants to chill in the pool, watch some game film and send some notes, you know? Yeah. Uh, We got one. With Cliff Kingsbury coming in, is Riley going to be more of a CEO coach taking over the defensive practice if he has to? No, he's. I, mean, I don't know about that. He's an offensive guy. Yeah, he's still going to run the. He's still going to run the offense. But like I said, it might help him take a little bit more offense off his plate and put a little bit more defense on his plate. Yeah, but it's not. This isn't you know a guy that's like giving up play calling and. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what you normally see. I'm going to be more of a CEO. Like if Jimbo Fisher 
saying, I'm not going to call plays anymore. I'm going to hire an offensive coordinator and I'm going to be more CEO of the team. Like that's not what this is. Uh, that isn't happening. Um, HR picking stuff. One of the cooler names. We got some cool names in the chat, by the way. Uh, this is also on YouTube. Who's the biggest hitter on defense, Chris? Hitter? Yeah, who's the biggest hitter? I would say Taka Curtis is a massive hitter. Yeah. Christian we haven't Pierce, seen him hit. You know. Christian Pierce is a big hitter. That's that's two guys. I think Mason Cobb's a big hitter. Solo is a big hitter. Yeah. I would say those are, what's that, four? I'm trying to think of a five to go up there with big hitters. Those are my four. I mean, Kalen Bullock, you know, he laid the wood against the, in the game where he got the flag. Uh, he was a big hitter in high school. So I would say those five with Tackett and Christian Pierce being my my top right now. All Mason right. Cobb. And we'll wrap it up. We got a couple NIL questions. M2. Tight. Agility. Any updates with uh, NIL Collective Front Boulevard staff? Uh, etc. And then the email we got was from Scott and Lake Arrowhead. Uh, does Nike have any NAL Nike have any NAL money going towards USC players in any sport? Uh, do you know how the deal between USC and Nike works? Much of the money do they pump into? How much do they pump into SC athletics? He says Phil Knight appears to be giving a lot of money to Oregon players, directly or indirectly, uh, and it appears to be affecting recruiting. Could it be time to leave Nike and move at a different apparel company? USC fans spend a lot of money buying apparel. Just over the bookstore on game day, you see 20 cash registers open, the line out the door. I realize this money is a drop in the bucket to Nike and Phil, uh, to Nike and Phil Knight. But if they're only giving NIL deals to Oregon players and not other schools, it would be wise to switch to a company that would support SC players directly. Uh, Scott and Lake Arrowhead. Yeah, I'm not really like an NIL guy. I leave that more to Gerard when we talk about it. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think they're going to leave Nike because of this. So we don't know the details of the Nike. Um, it's been going on a while. Uh, it, it, it wasn't a very good apparel deal. So I think when this comes through, we, we need to find out what's going on with it. I, my guess is USC will stay with Nike. They'll get a better deal. I don't think Nike's sponsoring Oregon players. I think this is a Phil Knight thing. Like he's, you know, he went to Oregon, but he also supports Oregon state, like Oregon state, uh, their, I think their baseball coach, who'd won national championships, was going to go to Notre Dame, and Phil Knight stepped up and paid for him. He also got his law degree at Stanford. You know, he supported Stanford athletics. So I think he supports. He's a big Pac-12 guy. He's a big Oregon guy, and I think he's part of the NIL picture at Oregon. I don't think that's Nike per se, but I don't. But people know. see Phil Knight and think it's just Nike, and Phil Knight are like the same thing. He's like eighty years old, and I think he's trying to win a championship at Oregon. So I think he's putting money into that kind of stuff. Um, but it's not Nike per se. But I think that the apparel deal wasn't very good. And I thought it would have been up by now, and I haven't heard anything about it. Um, I'll try to find out about it. That's a good question. I'll try to find out about that um, when that deal is up. Uh, if you remember, UCLA signed a massive deal, and and USC was in looks like you know, a much smaller one. Their massive deal was with Under Armour, and then that didn't that did work out. So they sued. I think they got paid. They sued Under Armour and got some money for that. And now they're with uh, Air Jordan, I believe. Yeah. So I think they're to Nike, but it's like the Air Jordan brand. Um, but yeah, I'm not a big expert on all that stuff either. As far as like Boulevard and everything, there was a, a flurry of NIL things that happened like a couple months ago. And I haven't heard too much since then. Um, but 
Yeah, and it's funny. You see a place like Florida. I just saw an article today. They had the whole, um, you know, debacle where you weren't paid. They were supposed to pay this quarterback $13 million and didn't pay. And, well, they've revamped it and they've already, you know, they're back on. They, you know, there was an article, I think, on The Athletic today talking about how they've revamped their NIL stuff. USC, I think, probably still behind the curve a little bit when it comes to NIL things. But there's definitely, you know, irons in the fire. I just don't haven't heard much uh, as far as going forward. Lincoln Riley was asked about it recently. He said, you know, USC should be, you know, at the top of this. I think he said they should be. I don't think USC is, but um, I don't know. Any thoughts on that, Chris? No. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of a weird situation. We'll see how much it's going to, you know, impact recruiting and stuff going forward if they get things rolling. Uh, but USC's not been involved in the recruiting aspect of NIL. Like they're more about getting the players that are on campus uh, compensation, not paying high school players. And that's what we're seeing from Oregon and Tennessee and Texas A&M. You're seeing a lot more of that. So I don't USC the plan that we heard was not to play in that space. Maybe that changes, but I don't know. Um, M2 Agility says, LOL. How is USC behind the curve with NIL? Well, uh, USC typically has been late to kind of react to some of this stuff. And you can interpret NCAA rules in a number of different ways. USC tends to be more conservative on those aspects of it. Like the NCAA says you can't use recruiting as an inducement. So USC is staying away from getting money through boosters or whatever to high school players. We're seeing other programs do that. You know, Texas A&M signed the number one class in the history of college football uh, in 2022. Um, players got money uh, to go to school at Texas A&M. So that's USC is not doing that. So as far as that, they also the won four games. Yeah, they all, it didn't really help uh, win games. So, um, but USC can be really good with high end deals. Uh, someone put their media capital of the world. Yes, um, there's some really good things around USC, but doesn't mean what do you need? UCLA's got stuff going right now. They have a mega booster that's uh, has an NIL collective. You kind of need a mega booster to just say, screw it. I'm going to like collect money from some of my rich friends and we're going to pay players. Um, to my knowledge, there's not been like this super billionaire guy that's been doing that uh, at USC. So that's why, in my opinion, they'd be behind the curve in NIL a little bit. Even though the perception is the USC's just paid, you know, they paid Jordan Addison $3 million to go to USC. They did not. Like that did not happen. But that's what the rumor is. So it's funny, like USC is kind of rumored to be like throwing bags of cash at people, but I don't think that's really the case. All right. Throw a bag of cash my way. You would like that, Chris? Moneybags Manford should run NA, USC's NIL. For sure. Then it'd be, uh, yeah. they'd be unstoppable. Exactly. That's my input. You ready to film our screen grab? Oh, yeah. What's the, oh, what's the screen grab? Uh, let's be drinking out of our water bottles. You don't have anything in that, but we'll fake it. Okay. Oh, wait, hold on. I got to pop this up. All right. You ready? Nice. So that's our screen grab. Water bottle drinking. Water okay. bottle drinking. Nice. I spilled it all over me, so. Way to go. Uh, let's see. I think that's going to wrap things up. Um, we do appreciate, I mean, all the people that were watching us live. Uh, thank you so much for joining us in the chat. That's really cool. 
Um, and the donations we got. And the donations How for much sure. How did we get? Like 32 bucks. I can buy my lunch. There you go. I'll buy you lunch. How about that? Um, Dallas says, have you been to College Station? No wonder they all bailed. Uh, used to work there too. No, yeah. They, have, they lost a bunch of guys from that class. Uh, paying high school players to go to school somewhere, seem, like it could work, but there's a lot of instances where we've seen it not work, where they didn't get the money they were promised or they didn't stick around or whatever. Um, so, yeah. But USC's not doing that, just to, to be clear what's going on. Um, yes, but thank you everyone for tuning in. We appreciate you coming on there. If you're listening on the uh, podcasting platform, thanks so much for that. Hope to see you guys out there for the USC, uh, spring game. Should be a lot of fun. Um, see what's going on, uh, with the team and, you know, get, you know, get some talk to other USC fans and get all this stuff out there. But for Chris Trevino, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.